Hello there everyone, I'm Rob, a producer on the Black Country Talking News, and this week's edition is for the 7th of September 2022. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the Cyclos charity Beacon Centre. We are pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspaper skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking hyphen news as a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 we hope you enjoy this week's edition thank you Angela speaking for us this week we have myself Rob Mina Ian Helen Angela, Christine, Ed, Liz, Sean, Robin, Mary, Anne, the gardening guru, and of course, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, some local news in the Black Country. We have the quiz with Mina, news from West Bromwich Albion and Wolves, the Did You Know section for Flashback Roger, the weather, the Beacon Lifestyle newsletter for September, which includes Meet the Staff Member and Gardening Advice, Top Tips for Adapting the Kitchen. And rounding us off, we have a poem. However, we start this week with I guess the sound question. I'm going to play a sound clip and all you have to do is simply guess what it is. So, here's this week's clip. Have a think on that and Mina will reveal the answer later alongside the usual quiz answers. We have now then as always, some local news. Brought us by Christine, Ed, Liz, Ian and first up, it's Angela. Residents across the region are being encouraged to reach out for support in helping to cut their fuel bills. Organisers of the Warmer Homes West Midlands website are offering an impartial free-to-use service that aims to give personalised energy advice to households. Residents can call a free phone number 0808 196 8298 to talk to advisors who also book in home visits for more complex cases. The service also has outreach workers who can deliver energy training in the community for groups and work directly with other organisations supporting vulnerable households. Programme forms part of a wider regional fuel poverty and retrofit programme being led by Energy Capital at the West Midlands Combined Authority, WMCA, which also provides jobs and support for local people as part of the region's green recovery. Andy Street, Mayor of the West Midlands, said, With the rising energy bills and cost of living pressures we are facing in our region, we need to do all we can to support local residents through the upcoming winter months and beyond. That's why I'm grateful that the Warmer Homes West Midlands programme will provide a welcome support line for those seeking to keep costs down whilst keeping warm in the coming months. 
A reminder to get in touch with the Warmer Homes West Midlands programme follows the announcement from Ofgen that in October it will be increasing the energy price cap, which will mean higher bills for many consumers. For more information on Warmer Homes West Midlands, go to warmerhomeswm.org.uk forward slash what we do. Major plans to demolish a bus station in the Black Country and build a £24 million transport interchange in its place look set to be rubber stamped by chiefs. Dudley Bus Station, understood to be the second busiest in the region pre-Covid, will make way for a new building to link bus and upcoming metro services. The current station, described as being in a poor condition with dated shelters, is the oldest bus station in the West Midlands, having been built in 1986. But it is set to be torn down under the plans alongside other buildings, including the partly vacant farm foods, under West Midlands Combined Authority plans. The interchange will link with the Wensbury to Briley Hill Metro extension due to be finished at the end of 2023, which runs through Dudley Town Centre. Councillor Simon Phipps, Cabinet Member for Regeneration and Enterprise, said, The bus and tram interchange is a key part of our near £1 billion plans to regenerate the borough, and I am delighted to see it move a stage further along to becoming reality. Recent figures show Dudley Bus Station is one of the busiest in the West Midlands for passenger numbers. This development will ensure those who rely on public transport will have a state-of-the-art facility serving both buses and trams alongside the eagerly awaited Midland Metro extension. A decision has been earmarked by Chiefs at the Planning Committee at Dudley Council on September 12th with a report recommending the project is backed. The facility will boast comfortable waiting areas, real-time travel information, cycle parking facilities, retail units and a seamless link between services. Pretty Patel has told the new West Midlands Police Chief Constable to get the basics right in the battle to reduce crime. The now ex-Home Secretary held the no-nonsense approach of Craig Guilford was taken over from Sir David Thompson in the force's top job with a remit to cut the region's sky-high crime rate. She said she hoped he would replicate his achievements in his previous role as Chief Constable of Nottinghamshire Police, which saw falls in burglary, robbery and knife crime. Mr Guilford arrives in the West Midlands with the region in the midst of a crime wave, with violence, weapons possession, sex offences, knife crime and car thefts or soaring over the past 12 months. He met with Miss Patel at the Home Office this week to discuss his plans for the force. During the meeting, she welcomed his no-nonsense approach to policing. She also told him she expected the force to use extra resources provided by the government to make a difference locally, by making streets safer and ensuring public confidence in the police. She added, Craig Guilford will bring considerable insights and experience to the West Midlands and understands the need to get the basics of policing right. Understanding the root causes of crime and then tackling them, strong neighbourhood policing and delivering justice for victims of crime. Patients and visitors attending appointments at New Cross Hospital will no longer be required to wear a face mask unless they have respiratory symptoms. Following an update in national guidance and local risk assessment, 
Face masks will no longer be mandatory at the Royal Wolverhampton NHS Trust. The Royal Wolverhampton NHS Trust, which also runs West Park Hospital, Cannock Chase Hospital, more than 20 community sites and eight GP surgeries around the city, has said masks will be available for those who prefer them. However, if attending the emergency department or urgent care centre with symptoms of a respiratory tract infection, such as coughing and sneezing, staff request patients wear a mask if possible. Patients who are clinically extremely vulnerable, such as immunosuppressed, will be encouraged to continue to wear a mask for both inpatient and outpatient visits to protect themselves. Visitors attending clinically extremely vulnerable or respiratory patients should wear a mask to protect themselves and others. Deborah Hickman, the Royal Wolverhampton NHS Trust Director of Nursing, said, Removing the requirement to wear masks is possibly welcome news for some, but others may wish to continue wearing a mask, especially in busy areas or when in close proximity to others. The choice to wear a mask is personal and we must all support and respect everyone's preferences. We will keep mask wearing under regular review. Masks will still be available from the Trust for this purpose and we hope everyone will support anyone who may feel anxious about this change. We are still asking that people continue to help us by not coming into our hospitals if they have COVID-19 or flu-like symptoms and should continue to wash their hands regularly. Thank you for your ongoing help and support and understanding. Anyone with questions or concerns is encouraged to speak to a member of staff. Victims of hate crimes have been urged to speak to police to help them understand the true scale of the problem amid soaring reports. West Midlands police bosses saw a 43% increase between 2021 and 2022 on the previous year in relation to hate crimes relating to sexual orientation. The force recorded 1,765 offences in total, with 234 being committed against those who are transgender, as calls mount for victims to get proper support. Inspector Amanda Thompson from West Midlands Police said, It's sad that in the 21st century people are still being targeted because of who they love and how they identify. We know that hate crimes generally, and transphobic hate crimes specifically, are underreported. From the figures, it is not possible to say whether more reports of hate crime signal more crimes, or whether they demonstrate that people are more willing to report offences to us. It is important that we know about all hate crimes so that we can bring offenders to justice, make sure victims get the support they need, and to help us understand the true scale of the problem so that interventions can be put in place. West Midlands Victims Commissioner Nikki Brennan said it was shocking to see a rise in reports and said hate crime is never okay. She added, This is of great concern to me and we must do all we can to challenge discriminatory and abusive behaviour like this in the West Midlands. I will continue to work hard to support victims and lobby for more help in tackling these issues. We also continue to work with our Commission's support service, Remedy, 
which provides emotional and practical support for victims of hate crime, as well as a restorative justice service. Up next, we hear from Helen, who of course has for us the Beacon Update. Hi everyone, it's Helen, back with your weekly Beacon Update. Well, welcome September. I must confess, it's one of my favourite times of year. I love the crunching of leaves underfoot and the beautiful colours associated with autumn. The smells of pumpkin and nice hot chocolate, everything really. I hope you feel the same about it as well. And if you'd like to make it a September to remember, well, we've got lots of activities coming up this month at Beacon, including tandem biking, swimming, a community walk and bowling. Why don't you come and join us? You can find out more on our website, which is www.beaconvision.org forward slash what hyphen on hyphen September hyphen 2022 there's also an audio version of our what's on guide available on our talking news next up we have two really exciting vacancies at beacon at the moment firstly are you passionate about providing person-centered care well we're looking for a registered care manager who can lead our compassionate team to continue to deliver a high quality care service If you're enthusiastic, innovative and experienced, this is a great opportunity to join the management team of a leading health and social care charity that is dedicated to empowering people to add value and purpose to their lives. We're also recruiting for a new trading manager. If you think you could drive our income growth, identify new opportunities and help our staff shine, this could be the role for you. In return, we offer flexible working and competitive benefits. You'll also, as I say, be joining the management team of a leading local charity. If you'd like to find out more about any of our vacancies, head to our website, www.beaconvision.org forward slash jobs. Or you can always give us a call on 01902 880 Lastly, this week, as we all know, sometimes it's the little things that make a big difference, like talking scales that can help maintain your independence in the kitchen. There are all kinds of gadgets like this that can help you around the home. And if you'd like to find out more, why not call our Sight Loss Advisors for an appointment on 01902 or you could email us at inquiries at beaconvision.org. That's inquiries at beaconvision.org. That's it for this week. I'm off to get hot chocolate. I'll be back with soon with another update. Bye-bye. Cheers for that update, Helen. Up now, it's another block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear Christine. A black country pensioner has been left furious after his pension only went up by 25p on his 80th birthday. With food prices and energy bills increasing, Frank hoped the pension rise would help him get through the winter until he realised it was a meagre 25 pence extra a week. The King's Winford pensioner said, 25p a week feels like a real slap in the face. Why even bother? It will cost more in administrative fees telling me about the 25 pence increase than I will get over the next few years. I phoned the Department of Work and Pensions up and asked them what was the point of giving me an increase of 25p. And the biggest joke is, I've got to pay tax on that 25p. What a massive waste of time for everyone involved. He added, 
When I spoke to my mate, who was 80 last year, he said he only got 26p and we had a laugh about it. Frank, who retired from his own roofing business 20 years ago, has always been careful with his money, but is dreading the winter due to the cost of living crisis. He said, I suffer from a kidney disease and one of the symptoms is that I really feel the cold, so I can't be one of those people who do not turn on their central heating. I will need to stay warm. If everything stays the same, then I should be able to get through it. But if bills start rising, like people have been saying, then I will have problems. People are talking about electricity going up to £8,000 a year. Well, there is no way I can afford that. How can anyone afford those prices? He added, I've always donated items to the food banks and donated money to various charities. But sadly, I just cannot afford to anymore. I have to try and keep myself above float and 25p every week is not going to help. Food banks across the black country are running out of stocks due to massive demand and a reduced supply as people like Frank cut back on donating. Thousands of safeguarding concerns were raised about vulnerable adults across the West Midlands last year, figures show. Across Wolverhampton, Sandwell, Dudley, Walsall and Staffordshire, there were 22,150 concerns of abuse shared about adults with care and support needs. This comes alongside a 9% increase across England, seeing some 541,535 concerns raised. In Walsall, Dudley and Staffordshire, the number of reports has increased from the previous year. 3,525 concerns were raised in Warsaw during the year till March, up from 2,565 in 2020-21. Meanwhile, in Dudley, that number sits at 6,155, up from 5,295 in 2020-21. Councillor Natalie Neal, Cabinet Member for Adult Social Care at Dudley Council, said No form of abuse against older people can be tolerated and, as such, the Council and its partners have made significant efforts so people know where to go for help when they have a concern. Each concern raised is carefully considered and evaluated. The number of safeguarding concerns recorded has risen annually in the borough since 2014, with the exception being one year during the height of the coronavirus pandemic. That does not necessarily mean that more people have been subject to abuse. It may be that our efforts to raise the profile of safeguarding have made it easier for people to report concerns they may not have previously known how to come forward with. What we do know is that the number of concerns that have been progressed to more serious Section 42 inquiries has decreased dramatically in recent years, from 42.4% in 2014-15 to 11.3% in 2021-22. If anyone is concerned about an adult experiencing abuse in any form, I would urge them to contact the multi-agency safeguarding hub on 0300 555 0055 A quick-thinking ASDA worker has been praised for saving a young girl who was choking and struggling to breathe while out shopping with her mum. Anna Bradbury, who has worked at Wolverhampton ASDA for 31 years, saw the girl's mum looking distressed and knew something was seriously wrong. She said, 
I ran over and saw a little girl aged about four or five in the shopping trolley. She was crouched down, her face was bright red and she was struggling to breathe. There was something stuck in her throat. I stood her up and hit her firmly a few times between the shoulder blades and whatever was stuck there must have got dislodged. The girl was fine afterwards, just upset and her mum was in shock. It was just a case of being in the right place at the right time. I didn't have time to think and just went on autopilot, really. I'd do the same thing tomorrow in a heartbeat. It was pure instinct. Anna, who is 63, has four grown-up boys and eight grandchildren and has been married to husband Scott for 27 years. Last year, Anna gave CPR to her two-year-old granddaughter, Evie Rose, and saved her life when she had a febrile convulsion and stopped breathing. Anna said, It was so scary. I was on the phone to the ambulance service and I started to do CPR on her and also blew into her mouth. I just knew what I had to do and luckily I brought her back. I'm proud of myself now for what I did, but at the time it was such a shock. Anna also helped a customer who had an epileptic seizure in the store calming him down and talking to him until paramedics arrived. Store manager Lindsay Ann Marson, who has nominated Anna for an Asda Service Superstar Award, said, Anna is a well-loved colleague and we are all really proud of her as her incredibly quick actions meant the young girl was okay. Thank you, Anna. What you did was really going above and beyond. Around 400 objections have been submitted against controversial plans to build a new housing estate on much-loved fields in the Black Country. Proposals have been submitted to build 84 homes on Corbett Meadow, which is believed to be the last piece of undeveloped land in Amblecote. It has been met with roughly 370 objections so far, with more expected to be registered, which could take the figure to over 400. It is understood. Lance Cartwright, elected spokesman for the Save the Corbett Meadow Action Group, said... We're really, really pleased, but of course, we have put a lot of effort into it. We've been speaking out to Amblecote residents, we've posted 5,000 leaflets, and raised all the issues we could raise, and the public has responded to that in a large degree. And you can sense by reading them that some people have really considered the impact of this. People have really thought about the bigger picture and the heritage, the ecology, the impact on traffic, and on wildlife. It's very encouraging and people like West Midlands Mayor Andy Street and Stourbridge MP Suzanne Webb have submitted objections and the community groups locally have been very supportive. The plans have been submitted by Charles Church Homes and the Dudley Group NHS Foundation Trust which inherited the land for the site off Vicarage Road behind the Corbett Outpatient Centre. Diane Wake, Chief Executive of the Dudley Group NHS Foundation Trust said In light of financial challenges that face the NHS, we are under a duty to make the best use of our resources and public money. NHS guidance sets out our requirements to dispose of any surplus assets. We are required to sell this parcel of land we own at the rear of Corbett Ames Patient Centre and reinvest the money directly back into patient care for the people of Dudley and surrounding areas. The money will be spent on crucial medical equipment to support the local community's health care. Thieves who stole speedway cycles from a Southampton racing team competing in Wensfield have been warned that bikes have no brakes. 
Southampton Cycle Speedway Club were distraught last week when they discovered their competition bikes had been taken from their transit van outside the Premier Inn in Wolverhampton City Centre. Veteran racer Gavin Wheeler had qualified from the national trials in Wensfield for the final in Birmingham last week and was forced to borrow a bike to compete. Team organiser Dave Makepeace appealed to the thieves to hand back the bikes as although they're worth £3,000 to the three riders, they are worthless on the street. He said, these bikes have no brakes, so are obviously dangerous to someone who does not know how to ride them. Cycling speedway bikes have no brakes because we race around a special track. The Archie Wilkinson MK5 is perfect for speedway cycling and they were made in the black country in the 1980s and 1990s but have been discontinued now. Mr Makepeace believes the thieves will get short shrift from any speedway cyclists they try and sell the bikes to due to the camaraderie of the bikers who risk serious injury every time they race at speeds of 35 miles per hour. He added, The theft took the edge off what was a fantastic weekend of racing in Wensfield and Birmingham. As these bikes will be worthless to anyone else, we are hoping to get them back. Now it's time to test your knowledge, as we have the quiz questions for this edition, and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Canal Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, here are your questions. Are you ready? Question 1. How long is the Manchester Ship Canal? Question 2. What is the name given to people who stand and watch canal activity? Question 3. What indispensable necessity is burned beneath Canal Topaz? Question 4. How many miles of canals are there in Amsterdam? And finally, question 5. What was the name of the cow which swam the Fulridge Canal Tunnel? As always, I'll be back to reveal the answers later in the show. But for now, good luck! Thank you very much for those questions, Mina. I'll, of course, give those a ponder. Up now, it's our next block of local news. And starting this one off for us, it's Liz. Nearly 40 drivers were caught speeding during a police operation in the Black Country after residents voiced concerns. Officers conducted speed checks on busy roads in Hales Owen. A total of 38 unsuspecting motorists were clocked speeding and police warned that speeding tickets and a court summons would be in the post to offending drivers. Officers were out in Mucklow Hill, Long Lane, Lansdowne Road and Narrow Lane on Sunday. Hales Owen Police tweeted, Following concerns from residents, speed checks were conducted today around Mucklow Hill, Long Lane, Lansdowne Road and Narrow Lane. A total of 38 tickets and a court summons are in the post and on their way to offending drivers. Bilston Town FC have submitted plans for a new car park at their Queen Street ground. The 60-space car park will be built on derelict land off Lunt Road, according to proposals put forward to Wolverhampton Council. 
It will feature a pedestrian route through gates into the ground, which will be separated by an eight-foot wall with a ball fence on top. Access will be via Lunt Road. The scheme forms part of a major stadium redevelopment announced earlier this year after the club signed a new 35-year lease with the council. The car park is considered an integral part of the plans, which also include a new 3G pitch, turnstiles, revamped changing rooms and improved bar and stand facilities. Club chairman Denise Frankham said, This is a positive move for the club that will enable us to push on with the rest of our plans to redevelop Queen Street. The new car park will benefit supporters and improve the area for the local community by taking parking off the streets. It will also bring an overgrown derelict site into use while protecting wildlife. The club are hoping to start work on the car park before Christmas with the council-owned site set to be cleared for development once an issue with badgers is sorted out. Once the car park has been completed, the club will focus on securing funding for a 3G pitch, which it is hoped will be fitted next summer ahead of the 2023-24 season. An adventure playground has been targeted yet again by vandals following an attack just days prior. The latest break-in at Sycamore Adventure in Dudley saw vandals smash the cafe window at the centre in order to gain access to the building. Those responsible also attempted to set fire to a lawnmower used for maintenance of the outdoor area. The centre's alarm went off and deterred the vandals from causing further damage this time round. However, back on August 10th, Wooden panels were destroyed, fencing was cut through and the wheels of pedal go-karts were damaged. The centre offers youngsters, whatever their ability, the opportunity to experience indoor and outdoor play. Donna Haddock, volunteer at Sycamore Adventure, speaking on the latest incident which happened on the evening of August 15th, said, This time they gained access to the building through the cafe window. They gained access to the outdoor area again that had been temporarily repaired from the previous break-in while we await materials to make it fully secure and tried to set fire to the lawnmower. This is just so heartbreaking for staff and volunteers for it to happen two weeks in a row. Sycamore is more than just a job to everyone who works there. It takes a piece of your heart. The priority of the centre now is to shore up their protection, including CCTV and reinforced doors. Free physical and mental health sessions are set to return to the Black Country. The Way Youth Zone in Wolverhampton will be hosting the programme, which is run by the Support Futures charity and starts on September 13th. Free sessions run every Tuesday, 12pm to 1.30pm until December 6th. Support Futures founder Bill Etheridge said... We are delighted to be bringing our coaching programme back to Wolverhampton and the fantastic facilities at the way. This is an absolutely free opportunity for local people to get coaching from top trainers and to make a fresh start. We are aware many people are struggling with their mental health during these difficult times and it's our mission to bring help that is free of cost and waiting lists. To register, visit supportfutures.org.uk or call... 07802-479-276 A Dudley Dance Studio is going to auction later this month. 
Unit 3 Cleveland Street is set to go under the hammer at Bond Wolf's next auction on Thursday, September 15th. The freehold commercial property with car parking is currently used as a dance centre with two main studios with attractive wooden covered floors. Going to auction with a guide price of £275,000 plus, the unit is among a host of vacant retail, commercial and industrial properties listed for the sale, which starts at 9.30am. Sales particulars state that the existing owner-occupier may be interested in entering into a lease agreement with a new owner if the intention is to acquire the property as an investment opportunity. The auction will be live-streamed online with remote bidding by proxy, telephone or internet. Up now, we hear from Sean and Robin from the Partially Sighted Society discussing top tips for cooking and working in the kitchen if you are blind or partially sighted. TNF Soundings Features from across the UK Hello, this is Sean bringing you an article from the Partially Sighted Society's iTalk We are a national charity here to help anybody living with sight loss To find out more about our services and products or to listen in to more of our audio features Visit our website, partsight.org.uk Or you can give us a call on 01302-965195 That number again is 01302-965195 Life After Sight Loss has trials and tribulations where one simple tasks become gigantic obstacles. I spoke with one of the trustees of the Partially Sighted Society to find out how she navigates her kitchen with some incredibly interesting tips. So, I'm Robin, I'm 31 and I'm registered blind. Um, by day I'm a massage therapist and by night I'm a Netflix binger. <laughs> I'm going to say superhero about what you're going to go. <laughs> I wish. We all, we're all superheroes. <laughs> of course. So you're here today to talk to us about some uh, kitchen tips. Yeah, yeah. So some things that I really like to do, these are just some general kitchen tips, but when you're dealing with anything in the kitchen, whether you're, you're getting stuff out to use it in a meal or you've done with a glass and you're putting it near the sink to wash up later, put it to the back of the worktop because when we're, when we're visually impaired and we're looking for th- stuff, we tend to sort of swipe the worktop slowly and that's when things get broken because they get knocked off when they're at the front. So if the further at the back, there's much less likely that it's going to get knocked over, rolled over and smash on the floor. Of course, yes. Uh, and what about rearranging all your uh, tins and things like that? Have you got any tips about that? Like, because obviously you can't see the labels. No. So. You can organise everything in the kitchen. Yeah. Then the more organised it is, and like once again, carers of family members, put it back in the same place. Have a system that mm. you talk about and find that works well for you both together because the system that works for you both will be the one that works for the longest mm-hmm. um, so what we do in our house we've not got a massive cupboard where our tins go so my set rule of thumb is beans to the left chopped tomatoes plum tomatoes on the right anything miscellaneous in the middle so then when the occasion is that I need something miscellaneous I can just scan that with my phone to find out what I'm needing but when I'm generally doing beans on toast I'm not having to look through a dozen cans with my phone to go 
Oh, my, my toast now gone cold. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So what kind of app on your phone have you got there? Um, so I like, I've got an Android and I like an app called SoupSense. It's not the most brilliant and reliable, but it's free and you sort of set it talking and you sort of grab, grab items and hold your phone in front of it and it'll start to pick up the text. It helps if you're holding the item in the, the right way up. <laughs> if, it, if you're holding it upside down, you'll get a load of garbled numbers and letters that don't make any sense, or it just won't talk to you at all. So that's a good shout to know right. that you're not really pointing it the right way. Yeah, that's a big hint, but you're, not, yeah, you're doing something wrong anyway. So. Yeah. There's other apps out there as well. Um, there's one called Tap Tap C where it, you just take a photo of it, and it sort of sends it to a database and brings it back. There's one where you, um, you almost zoom um, a volunteer and there's a big volunteer scheme and that's called Be My Eyes and that's that's quite a useful one for people that aren't maybe as tech savvy mm -hmm. so you just click a button say I need assistance and someone comes up on camera and then you show them say your tins or something mm -hmm. and they help you find what you need and I think Google's got one called Lookout as well that they're just starting to integrate into accessibility. So you're good as your top tips. Have you got any more advanced tips maybe for other things in the kitchen we might be thinking about using? So I'll briefly touch on, it's an organisation thing again, because I know we've just done the pit tins, but I found, found it really helpful to alphabetise my spice rack. So I took some time using the app to find out what was what, also a bit of sniffing it. But um, when, once they're in their places, when I'm taking them off to use them in dishes, I take it off sort of guess roughly along the seas cumin cinnamon I know roughly where they are so I pick them up and sniff them I'm not always having to check so I'll use it and then put it back where it lives on the spice rack it just makes life a lot easier than having to be checking this app all the time sure yeah one thing I would say to people is that there is accessible kitchen equipment out there mm -hmm. they've got talking scales talking thermometers liquid level indicators oh my gosh if you don't have a liquid <laughs> level indicator if buy you, one if you don't have one by now then go to our shop and get one yeah parts like that. Oh, don't you what are they they're, they're so <laughs> they're so cheap right yeah yeah what? less than 10 pounds oh yeah life game changers yeah, yeah buy two because you will lose one <laughs> buy two because you need Honestly, the day you use this liquid indicator and the day your husband moves your liquid in level indicator and you've got to make cups of tea for people, there will be just a giant mess yeah. and you'll be you'll be using all your paper towels and you'll be like, why did I not buy two? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And divorce papers might be served by the end of the day. As well. <laughs> <laughs> if it carries on anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, we also talk about things around the kitchen, talking kitchen scales, obviously a big one with us. Uh, anything else that you'd want to wax lyrical about in the kitchen? I mean, tactile, tactile devices around the kitchen are good, and these aren't necessarily specifically made visual impairment tools. People put elastic bands around certain tins or around the coffee rather than the sugar or things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, bump-ons. Bump-ons mm -hmm. are also like our best friend. They have so many utilizations in the kitchen we could do a whole eye talk on uses for bump ponds alone we could, yeah. um so yeah we should probably leave that one for another <laughs> so tune in if you want to hear about <laughs> bump ponds yeah yeah so robin i'm gonna let you go ham wild and tell me some of your best cooking tips okay so i'm going to start off with such a very simple one she's thinking why is she even telling me this hmm. 
fill your, if you're going to do something that you've not done before or it can get a little bit messy because we get a bit handsy when we're cooking when we're visually impaired it's you know, a bit of food hygiene goes out the window sometimes <laughs> but fill your bowl full of soapy water just to help with that food hygiene because if you're spreading something out you'll tend to get a little bit more on your hands fingers when you're trying to get it off the spoon if you can just dip your hands into soapy clean water and dry them off with a towel it's mm. going to speed up the day and your tap's going to stay a bit cleaner too sure. and so, if you're handling raw meat as well uh, in between handling other veg as well would that be a yeah. thing to do yeah yeah what i actually try to do when i'm chopping my vegetables um i actually try to do them in an order where i'll do all the veg apart from onions first mm. then I'll do onions and garlic last mm. and then I'd go to the meat it cuts down the chopping board like getting dirty mm. which cuts down on your pots and it's just a natural selection of how you'd sort of order it mm. that makes sense so yeah. um, for cross-contamination again but once again I'd wash my hands after I've done the onions but before I touch the meat and then after I've touched the meat and put it in the bowl and when you tip every, each thing into the pan then you want to wash your hands again so just having that bowl of water filled mm -hmm. it just really helps um, what I will say going back to onions and um, to be honest most things for chopping anyway you see these knife sets and they're all very smooth sharp blades mm -hmm. for chopping onions I've got steak knives at home. They're quite fine steak knives with a very pointed end, but the serrated blade on a knife I find much better for chopping onions, especially onions, because it grips them. Because mm. onions are such slippery little things. Yeah. They round, they're trying to jump out your hands, especially when you're trying to get all the layers of skin off. Sure. So a serrated knife really grips it and stops it from slipping around your chopping board or whatever your um, worktop saver, whatever you're chopping it on. Mm. Serrated knife is the way to go. I'll go on to peeling now. Um, so this is my personal preference and your readers may agree with me, they may disagree with me, um, but I wasn't brought up overly peeling so I'm I wasn't precious about the style of peelers that you get, but you get the Y-shaped peelers with the blade that goes across, mm -hmm. and you get the sort of knife peelers that are just straight up, like a pencil almost. Sure. I find that the knife-shaped peeler is much better because the, the blade is not moving around, unlike the Y-shaped peelers. It's made to go around the potato as you're peeling, mm -hmm. but the knife, you've got it in your hand, you've got more dexterity and grip Mm -hmm. as you're actually trying to get the skin off that device. A huge thank you to Robin for sharing her fantastic kitchen tips with her. At the Partially Sighted Society, we are well equipped to get you back on your feet again after a sight loss diagnosis. So if you find yourself in need of specific equipment that will help you return to cooking delicious meals, you can visit our website, partsight.org.uk. Or you can give us a call, and our friendly and knowledgeable team will get you pointed back in the right direction. Our number is O. One three zero oh, two nine six five one nine five. That number again is O one three zero two nine six five one nine five. TNF Soundings. You are listening to the Black Country Talking News. Up next. We have our final block of local news. And kicking this one off for us, we first hear Angela. Tudley residents are urged to get snapping and enter a black country-wide photography competition. 
The Black Country UNESCO Global Geopark recently launched the photography competition, which runs until Friday, September the 16th. With a number of the geo sites falling within Dudley Borough, including national and local nature reserves, miles of canals, a glass cone and medieval castle, there's plenty to photograph. The aim of the competition is to celebrate the black country and its unique geological culture and heritage and to showcase it locally, nationally and internationally in the lead up to the International Geodiversity Day on October the 6th. Councillor Simon Phipps, Cabinet Member for Regeneration and Enterprise, said there's been a great response to the competition so far, with a number of entries already submitted. We would love to see our borough represented in the competition, so I'd urge Dudley residents to get out and about this summer and submit photos of our wonderful geo sites. He added... Let's celebrate the significance of the borough's geological and cultural contribution to the Geopark. One overall winner and three runners-up will be selected by the mayors of the four Black Country local authorities. Prizes for the overall winner include a family pass for Dudley Zoo and Castle and a trip into the Singing Cavern and Dudley Canal and Tunnel Trust. Eight additional entries will be highly commended and they will be chosen by representatives from the Geoparks partner organisations. All 12 entries will be displayed at the Geoparks headquarters, Dudley Museum at the Archives, and used as the face of the Geopark in its calendar for 2023. People can send their entries to blackcountrygeopark at dudley.gov.uk. The closing date is Friday, September the 16th, and the winner will be announced on the inaugural International Geodiversity Day on October the 6th. Thousands of runners and spectators enjoyed the Wolverhampton Half Marathon and 10-kilometre run for the first time in three years. The races started at 9am in West Park and followed a route through the city centre before runners were cheered onto the finish in the park. Running clubs from across the West Midlands, including Tipton Harriers, Wolverhampton and Bilston AC, were represented in the races, which has traditionally been one of the most popular running events in the region. Wolverhampton Mayor Councillor Sandra Samuels gave the all-important, on your marks, get set, go. She said it was an absolute privilege to start the Wolverhampton Half Marathon and 10-kilometre run. It was great to see so many athletes and contestants take part as our city's significant sporting events continue to grow. Runners who had registered for the 2020 and 2021 races, which were both postponed due to the pandemic, were automatically given a place in this year's race. The event is organised by Stew Webb Race Timing and Wolverhampton Council, and as well as attracting serious runners, there were plenty of charity runners raising cash for good causes. Councillor Steve Evans, Wolverhampton Council's Cabinet Member for City Environment, said, We were delighted to be working with Stu Webb Timing, again for the Wolverhampton Half Marathon, which was back on its traditional first Sunday of September after being postponed. The marathon was a great opportunity for runners and walkers to push themselves and also raise much-needed funds for charity if they wish. The popular street food company Digbeth Dining Club is repeating its takeover of Himley Hall this weekend. In May, more than 5,000 people attended the street food event in the grounds of the historic hall and food fans are expected to turn up again in force on Sunday, 
September the 11th. Digbeth Dining Club celebrated 10 years of holding street food events, accompanied by music, by going on tour across the Midlands, including Wolverhampton, Redditch, Warwick and Dudley. Founder of Digbeth Dining Club, Jack Brabant, was delighted with the response to May's event in Himley. He said, It's safe to say that our first ever event over at Himley Hall back in May was a huge success, with well over 5,000 attendees across the day enjoying the full Digbeth Dining Club spread. We couldn't wait to book in another date as soon as we could, and we'll be coming back with more of the same. 14 traders, loads of bars, DJs, entertainment for the kids, and just about everything in between. He added, Admittedly, we're lucky to be able to put on events in some of the most beautiful and scenic spots in the Midlands, but Himley Hall Dining Club back in May was definitely up there with one of the highlights of the summer. Sunday's event will be just in time before the weather turns, so we are looking forward to seeing everyone again. Thousands of people flocked to Wolverhampton's Bantock Park Gardens for an Ibiza Proms event. A cordoned off area of the picturesque park had been set aside for the special event featuring everything festival goers would desire. Doors opened at 2pm and a steady flow of people entered throughout the day with no long queues at any point. The field was gradually filled with camping chairs and music lovers while vendors kept everyone fed and watered. There was a whole host of options for food, ranging from Cleopatra's Kitchen to Caribbean Chicken and Fat Snags Hot Dogs to Wood-Fired Pizza. Robert Freeth from Wolverhampton was there with a host of his friends for the evening. He said, We saw it advertised and decided to come down and take advantage of the good weather recently. It's a nice little evening right on our doorstep to enjoy some time together with a few drinks and friends. None of us has had a go on the fair rides yet, but that may change as we drink some more. It was as if Robert had jinxed the weather as shortly after 3pm the heavens opened. But that wasn't enough to dampen the mood and the DJ pressed on while the ponchos came out. As the evening drew in, special headline DJ Judge Jules brought a mix of the most iconic Ibiza dance anthems. And the main showstopper of the night was a 50-piece orchestra taking to the stage at 8pm playing Ibiza classics while people danced the night away. Some of Dudley Borough's most interesting and historical buildings will be offering events and online tours as part of the National Heritage Open Day scheme. Dudley Council is working with partners to showcase buildings across the borough that might not typically be open to the public from September the 9th to the 18th, with this year's theme, Astounding Inventions, being widely promoted. Twelve key heritage buildings in Dudley Town will offer virtual tours, including former St Edmunds School, now Dudley Mosque, Priory House, the former Dudley School of Art and Free Library, Dudley Town Hall, Coroner's Court, Old Police Buildings, Memorial Tower and the former Brooke Robinson Museum, Crown Public House, Old Police Station and three churches. The tours can be viewed at dudleyheritageopendays.org.uk from September the 10th. 
downloadable leaflets about the history of the buildings are included, which have been funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund through the Dudley Townscape Heritage Programme. Councillor Simon Phipps, Dudley's Cabinet Member for Regeneration and Enterprise, said Dudley Council is working with our partners and community groups to encourage the organisation of Heritage Open Day events in the borough. As well as the virtual tours of some of the borough's most fascinating and historic buildings, we are also pleased to be able to see more in-person events being arranged this year. In addition, we will be celebrating some of the history behind our much-loved local businesses across social media and their links to the astounding inventions theme. Up now, it's trivia time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Hello again everyone. Well I've been listening to audio described walks recently and enjoyed being taken by water. It's very relaxing and soothing I think. I was brought up in the middle of the blank country so canals were the closest I ever got to a river. But did you know that? The Manchester Ship Canal is a 36 mile inland waterway linking Manchester to the Irish Sea at the Mersey Estuary at east of near Ellesmere Port Cheshire. It generally follows the original routes of the rivers Mercy and Irwell to the canal's terminus in Manchester. Landmarks along its route include the Barton Swing Aqueduct, the world's only swing aqueduct, and Trafford Park, the world's first planned industrial estate and still the largest in Europe. And if you like spending time standing and watching boats go past, and like me being nosy, then the word for us is a gongoozler. Incidentally, the Gongoozler is the name of a lovely calf by the Black Country Museum too, where the welcome and food is great. And the idea of canals is nothing new, as the Sumerians of Mesopotamia built canals as long ago as 3000 BC to take water from one river to another and on the way use the water to irrigate their fields. On a modern up-to-date note, and I'm sure that this is something we don't know about, is how our canals serve the internet and our broadband supply. Actually beneath canal towpaths are nearly 700 miles of fibre optic cables. Talk about old technology meeting new, eh? I'm sure that we've all heard that Birmingham boasts more canals than Venice, which is probably true, but few know that Brom has 35 miles of canals, while Amsterdam has 60 miles. Nevertheless, Birmingham is at the heart of England and at the heart of our industrial heritage, next to the black country of course. And to finish this piece, did you know that in England and Wales there are 1,569 locks, 53 tunnels and 312 bridges? And in 1912, Buttercup the Cow fell into the canal at Fowl Ridge Tunnel near Burnley and swam its one mile length to be rescued unharmed but cold by boatmen. Well, that's it for this week, folks. And personally, I'm glad that the canal system has been preserved and restored for our pleasure, whatever yours may be. In road up, I'm off. And I think I might go and have a little sit by the cut with a bag of chips and gongoozle the afternoon away. Till next week, then. Bye for now. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra. Cheers for that, Roger. Insightful as always. Up now, then. We're over into the football news. Hello, I'm Ian, and here's your latest football news. 
Wolves picked up their first Premier League win of the season as Daniel Podence's second goal of the campaign wrapped up all three points. A very even game saw both sides create chances at Molyneux in an end-to-end contest, but Podence struck just before half-time to give Wolves a much-needed lead. The second half was similar to the first, as Wolves found openings but were unable to make them count, while Southampton had a goal chalked off for handball and hit the crossbar. But Wolves hung on for the result to record their first victory of the league season at the sixth attempt. Speaking after the game, boss Bruno Large said, I am happy for the performance and the result. Every victory is important, but more important is the good signs the team gave us. The first half was very good from our side, especially when you play against a strong team. We had a perfect first half and controlled everything. How to press high, but in the same way control the aerial duels and second balls. Our goal came from a good situation where we understood that. We prepared a little bit for when we have the ball, we can find those kind of spaces and those kind of crosses in front of the defenders. I am very happy with that. The second half was more balanced. They are a strong team and very good in the duels. They put a lot of pressure, but I think we controlled everything. They also had good chances to score, but when I look at the full game, we deserved this victory with the performance. Wolves have a trip to Anfield as they take on Liverpool this coming Saturday. New recruit Brandon Thomas Assant sealed a dream debut by netting a 98th minute equaliser to earn Albion a deserved point against Burnley. It looked as though Steve Bruce's men faced more misery after Thursday's deadline day disappointment as Jay Rodriguez's first half penalty had the visiting Clarets ahead at the Hawthorns until the former Salford forward made his mark. He lifted into the top corner via a scramble from John Swift's stunning cross for a moment to remember as the roof came off the Hawthorns. The priceless equaliser meant another championship draw for Bruce's baggies, but this one felt like a winner against promotion contenders so deep into stoppage time. The contest was Albion's first and followed less than 24 hours after a disastrous end to the summer transfer window in which the club were unable to get loan deals for midfield duo Josh Onoma and Stephen Alzate over the line. Much was made of the failure to bring in another striker on deadline, but Thomas Asante, 23, showed the promise of a new blue and white hero with his telling touch. Speaking afterwards, Bruce labelled Thomas Asante's baggies bow as a bit like Roy of the Rovers. The frontman's name was chanted by home fans before his 70th minute introduction. The boss added, It's a great success story, isn't it? A success story that there is a few gems down there. We've seen that because of the academies, big academies at big clubs with young players. You don't see it as often as what you used to. I played in the lower divisions for seven years and I was always desperate for a break. I got one and within three years I'm captain of Man U. So it happens. The Baggies next face an away trip to Coventry this coming Saturday. Up now, we have to hear what the weather has in store for us. Brought to us as always by Mina. The weather for this week ahead looks set to be soggy as rain is expected to occur throughout the week. Temperatures will be typically hovering around 20 degrees. UV levels are expected to be low throughout the week. 
the sunrise and sunset times are 6.40am for the sunrise and 7.27pm for the sunset. For Friday 9th of September, we have light rain showers and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 19 degrees. Moving on to Saturday 10th of September, we have light cloud and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 20 degrees. For Sunday 11th and Monday 12th of September, we have light rain and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 20 degrees. On Tuesday 13th of September, it's light rain showers and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 20 degrees. And for Wednesday 14th and Thursday 15th of September, it's light rain and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 20 degrees. So that's your forecast for the week. As always, enjoy the weather. Up now, we have the Beacon Lifestyle newsletter for September, providing you with all the information of the goings-on, events and activities taking place here at the Beacon Centre. Hello and welcome to September's Members Newsletter. I really hope you've had a fabulous August and have enjoyed the weather. The Commonwealth Games was absolutely amazing. The football season is back. The sun is shining. Strictly is on the horizon. Life is all good. Please remember to keep talking, keep moving and keep smiling. Healthy body, healthy mind and be kind. Thank you to all the wonderful volunteers who have approached me about supporting our activities. We really couldn't do them without you. Enjoy reading this month's newsletter and hopefully some of the activities appeal to you. Please make sure you book in on though. Coming up in future months, we have trips to a shopping centre, a movie afternoon, a talk from a scams enforcement officer, a curry night, a bell ringing concert and a Christmas meal. Keep those ideas coming in. Contact the Lifestyle team on 01902 or email mspears, S-P-I-E-R-S, at beaconvision.org. Now here are a few little notes and reminders about our Sedgley and Starbridge Lifestyle Centres. Our Sedgley Centre is open Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, 10am to 3pm. We also have monthly coffee mornings. We do fun activities such as pottery, sewing, arts and crafts, quizzes and much more besides. Why not contact Kim or Sally for more information? We can't wait to meet you. Just call 01902 880 and our Starbridge Centre is open Tuesdays 10am to 3pm and Thursday 9am to 2pm. This month our coffee morning is on Friday the 23rd of September. We also have a gentle exercise class on Tuesday the 13th of September. Why not join us? We'd love to see you. Contact Dawn for more information. Simply call 01902 880 And don't forget Beacon can provide transport to and from both centres if required. What's on this month at the Beacon Centre? Swimming. Private lane swimming at the Bert Williams Centre, Wednesday the 14th of September, 11am to 12. 
Session will only run as long as enough people are registered to take part. Trip cost is £5. Minibus cost £5. Departing at 10.10am, Beacon to Bilston, returning back at 1.30pm. Lockers at the centre are £1 or are accessible via a trolley coin. This activity must be booked directly with Mary. Call 01902 880 Gentle movement class. Gentle seated or standing class working the whole body. Wednesday the 28th of September, 10.30am to 11.30am in the gym at Sedgley. £4.50 per session, fun, friendly class to music, limited places. Beacon Gym. Rob is our gym instructor and personal trainer. He can support you to set individual plans and work with you to achieve your goals, whether that be fitness, weight loss or mobility. Why not book your free induction? You can use the gym as part of the lifestyle package or individual costs are as follows. Individual gym use, unsupervised, is £4.50 per hour. Individual gym use, supervised, is £10 per hour. Gym membership, unsupervised, is £20 per month. And gym membership, supervised, is £40 per month. Golf. Do you want to learn to play? Do you want to improve your swing? We have six hours worth of coaching free for you. The Mark Butler Gold Academy, based just outside Sedgley, would love to welcome you and support your needs. To find out more, call us on 01902 880 111. Please note, all activities must be booked in advance. On Friday the 7th of October, discover the magical journey through the limestone tunnels over 428 million years old which were handmade by black country folk from years gone by. Be amazed by the caverns, learn about the materials and listen to the commentary from the skipper. Leaving at 11am, we have a table booked at 12.15 for refreshments at the Canalside Caf on our return. Dudley Canal Trust, Birmingham New Road, Dudley. The trip cost is £9.45 to £10 depending on age, pay on the day. Minibus cost, £5.00. Departing at 10.15, Beacon to Dudley Canal Trust, back for 2pm. This activity must be booked in advance. To do so, simply call 01902 880 Further activities this month at the Beacon Centre. Tandem. Join us for a tandem bike ride at Bobbington Airport and the surrounding roads on Monday the 5th and the 26th of September at 10.30am. Bikes are provided. Trained, experienced lead riders will support you. Trip cost free. Minibus costs £7. Departing at 10am, Beacon to Bobbington. Returning back at 1.30pm. Weather permitting. Walk. We are walking down West Park on Friday the 30th of September. Meet at the Connaught Gate entrance of the park at 11am for a flat paved route. Take it at your pace and your distance. Cafe for refreshments. Volunteer guides are available. Trip costs free. Minibus costs £5. Departing at 10.30am. 
Beacon to West Park, returning back at 1.30pm, weather permitting. Fishing. Test out your fishing skills at Albrighton Moat. Equipments provided Wednesday the 21st of September at 11am. The trip costs £8, pay at moat on the day. Minibus costs £7, departing at 10.30am, Beacon to Albrighton, returning back at 2pm, weather permitting. 10-pin bowling. Castlegate Dudley. Book for bowling on Friday the 23rd of September at 11am. All abilities welcome, friendly and fun atmosphere. Trip cost £6.45 for two games, pay at the bowling alley. Minibus cost £5, departing at 10.30am, Beacon to Castlegate, returning back at 2pm. If you are interested in joining the British Blind Sport Bowling Winter League, please contact Mary. All activities must be booked in advance. Please call 01902 880111 For me as staff member this month is Rob who works in the gym and he's written an article. It says, Hi, I am Rob. I have worked at the Beacon Gym for 12 months. I have service users who book on one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, others that I help design a plan for and others who just want to know how to use the equipment. I specialise in neurology and my passion is mobility training with clients, helping to make a difference in people's lives. In the past, I've also run classes in the gym, such as circuits, yoga, balance and strength. I live in Telford with my other half and our husky dog. I love watching films, playing computer games, going to festivals and playing my guitar. I've been employed by the military for 25 years and I have my own personal training business. I know a gym can be an intimidating place to enter, but I'm a friendly, welcoming and open to everyone. So please pop in. Even if it's just for a tour, I can meet you at reception and show you around. Small steps are better than no steps at all. You are in control and you decide the equipment you are comfortable going on. So let's go. If you need a bit of help with reading, have you thought about trying a video magnifier? A video magnifier is where you look at reading material through a screen. Now, video magnifiers come in different sizes, so they can have small handheld magnifiers, small enough that you can take out with you, through to large desktop magnifiers that you keep permanently on a desk or a table. So. A video magnifier, you can change magnification levels. So if your eyesight changes, you can press a button and increase the magnification level, or you can decrease the magnification level. The other advantage of a video magnifier is you can change contrast or backgrounds. So you might be looking at something in true color, but press a button, turn it into black and white, press the button again, turn it into reverse, so it's white writing on a black background, Press the button again and then again for different combinations. They can be yellow and black, black on yellow, blue on yellow. It's whatever suits you, it's whatever works for you. So there's lots of flexibility with a video magnifier. You can adjust the brightness on them as well. And some you can store pictures on there and some have reading lines to make it easy for you to follow text whilst you're reading. 
So if you are struggling a little bit, maybe a video magnifier could be the answer. Now, if you'd like to try one, you can here at Beacon. Just give us a call and make an appointment and bring something in with you that you struggle to read with and just try it and see if it helps you. So if you'd like to try a video magnifier, give us a call at Beacon on 01902 880 and ask for a sight loss advisor. So if you'd like an appointment to try a video magnifier, it's 01902 880 Hello, it's your gardening guru with news for September. Alas, we're still watering regularly at the roots of plants, morning or evening, depending on which is suitable for you, but concentrate on things like runner beans and tomatoes. We're still looking out for pests, particularly on cabbages, cauliflowers, sprouts, uh, caterpillars, and there's been a lot of red lily beetle around on the lilies this time of the year. We're feeding tomatoes with potash and outdoor pot plants, similarly. And if you remove the lower leaves on your tomatoes, it aids ripening and also helps you to uh, water directly out the roots. Keep deadheading all your flowers, including dahlias, to keep them flowering through to the frosts. We're also thinking about spring and start planting your bulbs for early spring shows, e.g. daffodils, crocuses. Do not plant tulips, however, till November, as this can lead to tulip fire, which is a fungus, and distorts the flowers and is to be avoided at all costs. On the harvesting front, we are harvesting virtually anything, but particularly carrots, beans, courgettes, potatoes, beetroot, etc, etc, and storing in the relevant bags. In the house, indoor plants keep feeding continuously, potash to flower plants and baby biotype, uh, high nitrogen to foliage plants. Carry on enjoying your flowers. VIP group. This month we are meeting on Wednesday the 28th of September at 6pm in the Beacon Bar. As requested, we are having a guest speaker from Dudley Council's Visual Impairment Services to talk and teach us about learning Braille. Claire is a qualified teacher and she will be doing some activities with us. If you have any Perkins Braillers, please contact us so as many people as possible can participate. The bar will be open 6pm to 8pm. Why not come and join us? We are a friendly group who like to do activities and social events together. Christmas meal. Our Christmas meal is booked for Wednesday the 21st of December, midday at the Newbridge Carvery. Starter, main and pudding for £15. Transport will be provided at a cost of £5. You need to book with Mary by Friday the 30th of September. Either email mspiers at beaconvision.org or you can call 01902 880 Deposits and order will be taken at a later date. I really hope you've enjoyed reading um, September's newsletter. 
don't forget there's always accommodation at Beacon Court available and if you want to speak to somebody call Bromford on 01902 882 170 and speak to the scheme manager. Hope you have a fantastic September and please get in contact if there's anything I can do for you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Have you done any good at the quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out, as we have the quiz answers. Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Are you ready? Question one. How long is the Manchester Ship Canal? And the answer, 36 miles. Question two. What is the name given to people who stand and watch canal activity? And the answer here is Goguzillas. Question three. What indispensable necessity is burned beneath Canal Topaz? And the answer, fibre optic broadband cables. Question four. How many miles of canals are there in Amsterdam? And the answer here is 60 miles. And finally, question five. What was the name of the cow which swam the Fall Ridge Canal Tunnel? And the answer here is Buttercup. How did you do? Great, I hope. But if not, there's always another chance to have a go next week. Now, did you get the answer to this week's Guess the Sound question that Rob asked at the start of the show? Here's one more chance to hear it before I tell you the answer. The sound you just heard was the recording of someone rattling some keys. Now, to end this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have a poem. DNF Soundings. Features from across the UK. Hello, this is Anne with a little poem that I've written about naughty ice cream. Blame my childhood, if you will. Still do speak with tact. The fact that mother was anti-sweet stuff, tough though it was for us to accept, she wept if ever we'd flout expectations, flirtations with sugar were strictly not kosher. We were good kids, my brother, sister and I, shy little darlings, charming, well-behaved, saved money in piggy banks, said thanks politely for fortnightly payments given by mother, heard her warning so clearly, not for sweets. Beats me why, if not to be done, it's great fun to break the rule. At school we saw chums chewing gum, eating chocolate and toffee. We'd look on with envy when we saw lips smacking while snacking with joy, oh boy, to get what they had. Mad with salivating chops to the shops we'd venture. There were sweeties galore and more, an ice cream parlour harbouring forbidden booty. Fruity, crunchy, sticky, chewy, gooey concoctions. So many options for your craving. Waving away conscience without nonsense, we munched with glee. Whoopee, cried my brother as he slurped gobstoppers, whoppers of colour. 
My sister's favourite was mint, but no hint of humbug or polo. Oh no, it had to be Bendix, dark bitter with fondant. Fondness for ice cream was what drove me. Might be Ben and Jerry with cherries on top, a flop of hundreds and thousands, mountains of caramel sauce dolloped on thick, a slick swirl of fudge, silky sludge of vanilla, a killer bocker glory with flake. Make of it what you may, today I still get that guilty feeling, being near a waffle of pleasure, a measure of sumptuous bliss. To miss out would be quite spartan. Pass the carton if it's no trouble. Chocolate chip, please, and make it a double. DNF Soundings So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV4 6AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us, stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. Ta-ra!